0: How's everybody doing this morning? All right. If you're not doing good, you will be before you leave. How about that? Excited you're here today. And, uh, you know, I just want to take, take a moment and thank all of you for all of your, your help this weekend. And, and let's just give yourselves a big hand for all the serving and setting up chairs and all the things that it was, it was a really big weekend. We know that one of our uh, precious elders went to be home with the Lord. So he celebrate. Last week he was in church. Come on, today is in heaven. And uh, Raymond Mesa and all the, all the years that him and his family have sown into the life church, And it's just amazing to see if you were here or a part of that service yesterday. Just amazing. And then also another one, one of our elders, Hector's dad went home to be with the Lord yesterday. And so a uh, lot, lot, of, lot of stuff going on this week. And then our women's brunch was right in the middle of that this weekend. So uh, great job to that team. Y'all, y'all are amazing. It's amazing to watch people work together. Uh, to take what's in them and give it away, and, and also just watching people grow in that process. So, ladies, I got to be here right at the end of it, and uh, you know, Kelly did a great job of organizing that working with the teams. And then Miss Sheena did a good job speaking and, and brought it. So, we have a good team here, here at the Live Church, and we're so excited that you're a part of that, that you make ministry happen, uh, not just at church, come on, but outside in the community on a daily basis. And we are truly connecting people uh, with God's purpose. And so, I also want to take a moment this morning, if you're, a, if you're an Oklahoma fan, and um, we, we, we've been praying for you all week, because, you know, our Longhorns are in the playoffs, so what we're going to do, because we still want to honor the Oklahoma fans, we're going to make special parking on this side of the building over here, and uh, if you'll just walk around the back, it's a little bit of a trek, but you get to burn calories, stay in shape while we're playing in the playoffs, come on, somebody, and I'm just kidding, we still love Oklahoma fans a little bit, Amen. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter 9, and I got to do that for Zach because that's just what we do. Uh, and uh, we're going to jump into this. We're in a series called The Chosen, and today we're going to talk about that Jesus chose to give us life. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, for to, for to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace, and so you know we're all we're in the season of celebrating the birth of Jesus. We sang about it this morning, and and uh, you know Pastor Daniel hit on that a little bit, really powerful. Uh, how there was no other day like that. This morning I, I was just I was hadn't planned on saying this, but I was watching Robert Morris on television this morning and trying to find something to say to you guys. No, I'm just I'm just kidding. And uh, but he said something that really hit me, and he talked about how. In order, to, in order to step into the fullness of joy that God has for us, there has to be a surrendering. And and when he said this, it just hit me, so I wanted to share it with you, and, and it's really powerful, but in Luke chapter 2, he talks about that when an angel showed up and, and began to talk about there would be a baby that's coming, and that, the, that that child would be in swaddling clothes in a manger, or be in, be in cloth, and, and a feed trough is really what it, what it is, was, and so if you study it out... But what was, what was significant about that is that God, the ultimate God, the creator of the universe, creator of heaven and earth, sent his only son, come on, back to his creation. And so in order to do that, there had to be a surrendering. So he surrendered Jesus back to his creation in order that Jesus could walk this thing out as a baby, come on, all the way up to being a grown man who took the punishment of sin and, and what Pastor Daniel was talking about earlier. And what I want to tell you today is that if we're going to enter in truly to the joy that God has for us in this chosen life that Jesus has given us, then there has to be a surrendering of control. This is not a fleshly kingdom, and if we live by flesh, come on, we're always going to get the results of flesh. This is a spiritual kingdom designed by God, come on, that function is uh, that functions by Jesus coming to the earth as a child, as a baby, going through the process Taking all all the sin, all the pain, all the things upon himself, dying, raising from the dead, and then sending back the Holy Spirit so this kingdom can live in you. And so there's some things that cannot be obtained by the flesh or by manipulation or by by striving and just doing it man's way. And, and And the sooner we realize that, there's only one true way to joy, and that's surrendering our will, come on, to the Father's will. And so it says here, it says that it says in, in Isaiah, it says, for to us, a son is given and the government be, be on his shoulders. Number one, I wanna talk about this morning that, that Jesus is God's gift to us. Jesus was God's gift to us. It says it over 40 times in the Bible. You can go to scriptures. I'll just give you a couple to reference. One's John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have what? Yeah. Everlasting life. And then and then another scriptures in Ephesians 2, 2 8, that, that uh, by grace you've been saved, not of yourselves, it is what? A gift of God. And so there's so many, so many passages, it goes on to say, you'll study it out, where his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. And, and so God's always taken us through this process, but the first realization is, I'm surrendering my life over to the will of God. We say it in the Lord's Prayer, not my will be done, but your will be done but, but there has to be a place in our lives where we hit that true point of surrendering. Pastor Walt talked about it last week when he talked in the message that, that the mission finds you. When we surrender ourselves with God, God just doesn't, he doesn't leave us like he finds us. When we surrender ourselves to God, he puts us on a path and we're walking this out in, in, in faith, step by step, faith by faith, and you're just going through this process. And Pastor talked about how the mission, mission finds us many times. But it only happens through true surrendering. When you surrender yourself with God, you're saying, I don't care how it looks. I don't have to have my way at the end of the day. I'm not going to gossip my way into it. I'm not going to manipulate my way into it. I'm not going to try to work those around us. God, I'm putting my complete trust in you. Come on, because I believe that you sent your son as a gift to change my life. And then he gives you purpose, and, and, and we begin to walk out in a whole, in a whole different way. And so, so we're not saved, the scripture says in Ephesians, it's not ourselves. And the sooner we get over ourselves, that's why I loved if you if you had the opportunity to to be here yesterday and and, and hear the story of, of Raymond's life and how he lived in representation of, of following Christ in every phase. And it wasn't, it wasn't him promoting himself. So there were so many things that that he did in his life, being on, you know, helping with kids and boys ranch and YMCA, all the stuff that 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 you know Pastor Walt was talking about yesterday in the service. But Raymond wasn't out front bragging about what he was doing. He was surrendered to God, and he became a major unseen leader in the community. Come on, and an influence that that, that reached so many people along the way. That's what happens when you surrender your life to Jesus. And then at the end of your life, your children stand on stage and say, I'm proud of my father. I'm proud of the life he lived and the legacy he gave and the principles that he taught me along the way. Come on, that's the gift that Jesus is to us, but we get to extend that gift back to the world. And we become the light of the world just like Jesus, come on, was the light of the world. And so, so we, we, we live our lives in representation knowing that Jesus was God's gift to us. And, and we celebrate that. And that's more than a Christmas party. That's more than an opening a present. Come on, it's the greatest gift that was ever given was Jesus given to us. And it wasn't, it wasn't an easy path. I mean, think about when Jesus was born, you know, the king wanted him killed. I mean, he came into this world, submitted, handed back to his creation, which which blows my mind. That thought blows my mind. Handed back to creation who had already betrayed him before. But that's how much faith and confidence that God had in his plan. Come on, from the beginning, the foundations of the world, it was prophesied that a child would come and be born, and that child would become our Savior. Come on, that's who we're celebrating this morning. Jesus is a gift to us. Number two, if if you read a little further here, it says that, for to us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. Now, he's not talking about the American government. Come on. He's talking about his kingdom and carrying the weight. How many of you know that Jesus came to carry and to lift our burdens? His, the scripture says his burden is easy and his yoke is what? Light. And so many times in life, we're trying to carry burdens we're trying to carry weight We're, we're holding on to shame and we're holding on to to guilt or we're holding on to even sin many times because we haven't learned many times how to release that burden over to jesus sheep jesus said my sheep they hear my voice and i always like to say it this way jesus lived with a principle that said i only do what my father said to do i only say what my father said to say because he understood the foundation in which that was built on and you know i was telling the church in abilene last week you're going to hear me say this almost every time i preach matthew 7 says those that hear the sayings of jesus and do the sayings of jesus will build your house upon the rock on the rock right build your house on the rock and when the winds come and the storms come and the battles of life come and the unplanned comes you know we we, we were talking about that this week i heard pastor walt talking about how there's things in, in our regular weekly plan that are they're planned out. We know we got we we know are going to have to happen, but have we made room for the unplanned? Have we made room for the things that we don't see coming? And when you live your life based upon the same consistency and the same foundation and the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, then even when the unplanned comes, come on, it can't blow down your house. It doesn't defeat your house. And I'm not talking about brick and mortar. Come on. I'm talking about the foundation of which Christ that you live upon that and Christ who lives in you. And we walk this out even in the planned and the unplanned. Come on. We still walk by faith and not by sight. Even when it looks like it's over. Come on. We know that even Scripture even says, let the weak say that I am strong. And so we have this foundation built upon the shoulders of Jesus. If it's built on our shoulders, come on. It's, it's just a matter of time before that weight takes us down to... To another level, and so I was reading this story last week about people who walk the Appalachian Trail, and uh, and they and they go from Georgia all the way to Maine. It's over fifty, I believe, uh, two thousand one hundred and sixty miles. And every year, fifteen hundred people set out to walk and to hike the Appalachian Trail. And so, first thing they do is they go uh, grab a big old backpack and they they stuff it full of tents and you know gum and Snickers bars and all these, you know, just everything they're going to need to make it through this trail. And they get out a little while, whether it's 50 miles, 100 miles, and the weight that's in their packs eventually takes its toll. And so I, I was reading this story about a man that was teaching people how to complete this process. And so he's, he meets them at one of the stations and says, you know, you have too, many, you have too much weight in your backpack, and it's not even based in, in pounds, it's more in ounces, and it's the little things in your backpack that are, that are holding you down. That's the reason that, 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 that it can't be completed. And so he would, he would, they'd lay it out on a table and then ask them, do you need this extra gum? Do you need these snicker, every extra snicker bars? Do you need all these socks? Do you need all these little items? How many flashlights do you need? Can we get rid of the little bit of ounces? That's why the scripture says small foxes spoil the vine. And we think of it in pounds, like if we were trying to pick up a 500-pound load, but if you add one little thing at a time to your life, you'll look up if we're trying to shoulder the load ourselves, and we're holding on to certain weights of shame, or certain weights of guilt, or certain weights of mistakes that we made in the past, or things that have happened to our children, or our grandchildren, come on, or our fathers and our mothers, and we're carrying a weight many times that we weren't meant to carry, And, and so... Only, listen to me, 1,500 people a year set out to walk the Appalachian Trail. Less than 10% of the people fully make it to the end because they're carrying unnecessary weight in their backpacks. And so my question to us today is, are we willing to surrender control? Are we willing to surrender some of these pains and some of these, these deeper issues, some of these things that lay within us that we just don't wanna deal with? Even in a season as beautiful as this, how much weight are we carrying that's unnecessary? And so, just like the hikers have to get rid of some of the ounces in the backpack, what are we willing to release over to Jesus? He didn't just come, come on, to get you to heaven. He came to set us free, the scripture says. Isaiah teaches us that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Come on, that the chastisement of, of, of peace was upon him. Come on. And by his stripes you are healed and so i want us to get a hold of that this morning we're not just walking out some some program come on we have the living god living on the inside of us and the more that we're willing to release over to jesus come on we open the door for bigger missions to find us like pastor walt teaches but there has to be a surrendering there has to be a release you can't control everything and there has there has to be high production in life but i believe that high production comes with low control there's an empowerment. There's there's an there, there there's an ability to trust. There's an ability to, to release what's on the inside of us. I believe everybody, there's room for every single person in this congregation this morning, and those watching by line, and, and those that are you know, resting today or whatever. I believe there's there's room in the kingdom of God for every one of our gifts to flow. That's not an accident. The Bible says that God sets members in the body, which means that He set you in the body. Are you with me here this morning? And so are we, are we willing to release our burdens to Jesus? Number one, Jesus is God's gift to us. Number two, Jesus came to carry our burdens. And we have to let go. We have to, we have to realize that, that we don't have to hold on to these, these tricks and these things. And, you know, if you deal with people long enough, you'll realize, man, flesh just produces flesh. There has to be a surrendering to the Holy Spirit to a point where we say, hey, I'm not, I'm not going to live. I don't, I don't want more of the flesh. Come on, I want the fruit of Jesus. I want the fruit of the spirit flowing in my life. Come on, and 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 the reason that 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 the world has so much hatred and manipulation and and, and, and gossip and backbiting and all those things, it's really it's really a fear based thing because there's a lack of trust. That if I quit doing these things, someone else is going to get ahead of me. But Jesus said, "The first will be last, and the last will be what? The last will be what? The last will be what?" The last will be what? Man, you guys are getting good. I like that. And so we, we realize it's not about step. Life's not about, you know, manipulating our way towards something. It's about a surrendering. Come on. The, and, and the scripture said, let the weak say I am what? Strong. Strong. And so, so in that surrendering, there becomes an empowerment of strength that comes from Jesus, that comes from the spirit of God. And then, then scripture's like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Makes sense. It's so kind of when Pastor Walt pulled up at this building the first time and said, God told him, you know, I'm going to give you this building. He's like, how are we going to do this? And God said, I don't know. It's not, it's, not, it's not if, it's when. It's not if, it's how. And and, and possibility came on the screen because it wasn't in Pastor's strength. Come on, it was in the strength of I can do all things through Christ. There's a strength in that. And so maybe you're, maybe you're in a business transition or maybe your family's dealing with some stuff. Maybe you're going through something that's bigger than you are. Come on, my question this morning is, who's carrying the burden of that? And the more we surrender over to Jesus, come on, the more strength that's coming on the scene. Things that we can't do on our own, God, God supplies the need, he supplies the vision, he supplies, but he also supplies the faith and the inward strength to walk it out when no one else wants to walk it out. That's why the scripture says, having done all to stand, what's it say? Stand. Having done ought to stand, we stand, and so so we can do that because we have a foundation built on the sayings of Jesus, the words of Jesus, and when the wind wind comes, it cannot knock down the house because we buckle in and decide that, hey, this storm's not taking me out because I have a foundation, come on, built upon Jesus and the word of God. Are you with me here this morning? I know y'all worked real hard this weekend, and you're tired, I understand that, and so I'm going to give you about 10 more minutes of passion, come on. I told my wife last night, I said, I'm giving you a 26-hour warning. This is how you do it, man. Listen to me. I said, okay, we were sitting in the, in, the, in the entryway of Henry's, and I actually was saying it to other people, but my wife was standing there, but I was talking to her. And I said, I'm gonna give you a 26-hour warning. I said, tomorrow night at 720. Let's not act surprised, come on. When I go sit in my chair in a certain place, come on, this is faith talking right here, I'm telling you. And I'm gonna watch this game. And I said, you're more than welcome to join me. You can sit right by me, I don't mind. I said, but don't act surprised. 26 hours from now, I'm giving plenty of heads up. I'm not even sure she was listening because I was talking to Wayne Barr actually when I was saying this. I was teaching Brandon Barr how to do it. I mean, we were we We're, work, we were, we're mentoring people. It's what we do here at the Live Church. And I said, I'm just giving you a heads up that, come on, 26 hours from now, I'm going to be in my spot on the couch when the Cowboys whip the snot out of the Eagles. Come on. And take first place in the division. What's that have to do with the, anything? I don't know. It really doesn't have anything to do with anything. But I do know we walk by faith. Come on, and not by sight. And so we got to buckle in. we gotta, we got to hold on to truth. We've got we've to gotta make sure that even in the journey, we're not carrying unnecessary weight. And it's easy to do. It's easy to get caught up in what it looks like. But how many of you know faith and what it looks like are two different things? Faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And so, number two, Jesus came to carry our burdens. Number three, we'll read a little further, it says that he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. And number three, Jesus comes to meet our deepest needs. And there's a difference, church. I want you to get a hold of this this morning. There's a difference. The Bible says that he'll meet all of our needs according to his riches and glory by what? Christ Jesus. And so he'll meet all of our needs, the scripture says. But there's a difference between a felt need and a deep need. A felt need is based purely on what we think we should, should get or what we think we need. A felt need says, this is the way I feel. I learned, I learned a long time ago, what I feel and what God wants are two different things. You know, there's sometimes at 10 o'clock at night, I feel like I need a blizzard from Dairy Queen. And I, and I literally live two minutes away, and sometimes that feeling wins. Come on. It doesn't mean that God gave it to me. It just means that it was a felt need in my life. And so I ran out, I go after that, 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 that whether it's a vanilla malt or a, a blizzard or, you know, whatever that case is. And I'm not trying to promote Dairy Queen today. Come on. Everybody here knows I'm a Henry's guy, right? And so, so anyway, there's times that the felt need happens or we live our life thinking, man, I just don't feel it today. I don't feel like doing this. And so, you know, my dad used to tell me, it don't matter how you feel. Come on. There's things I'm telling you to do, and you need to get in there and get it done. And so feelings, my dad used to tell me, he said, feelings are fickle. You can't trust them. Feelings will talk you out of the will of God. Feelings will talk you out of doing the right thing. Feelings will talk us out many times of walking by faith and not by sight just because we don't feel like it or this thing hits us. And I'm not saying those feelings aren't real. I'm not saying that there are not things out there that we deal with along the way and and that kind of thing. But what I'm saying, Jesus just didn't come to meet our felt needs. A felt need says, I think in life it ought to be prosperity and no adversity and I win all the time. A deep need says, Jesus said, I'm going to teach you humility And through the process of humility, I'm going to teach you how to put others above yourself. In the process of humility, I'm going to tell you how to arrange your finances, come on, so that there's room to be generous. In in the deep need, I want to get to the deep places. The scripture says deep calls upon deep. And so there's a major difference between a felt need, come on, and a deep need. And many times in life, we're chasing the felt need, and we don't, we don't even want to make room for the deep need because if we really let that, that's letting God into a place, come on, that many times the pain is so strong, other people don't even know it's there. Or we think they think that, that they don't know it's there, come on. In other words, we think we're hiding something, but, but, but it doesn't work, Right. And so God wants, to, God wants to enter the deep places. He wants, to, he wants to be invited into the things that no one else can fix. Flesh isn't going to fix our deepest needs. Getting, getting a quick victory is not going to fix our deepest needs. It's, again, it goes back to that surrendering. When you surrender to Jesus, we open the door. And I, I, know, I know in life it's easy to get these certain felt needs and get to a certain place and we think we, we have the victory. I'm not talking about those type of victories. I'm talking about letting God go deep in the surface, deep into places where he turns pride, come on, takes pride and turns it into humility that changes the world. When he takes takes somebody who's been hurt and and stranded or somebody who's been, their life has been filled with pain, come on, and fixes that thing and turns it around and brings healing when there could not be healing and we take that place into a different world. I'm not talking about being popular in the world. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about being in a place to be free, to bring a message of change through Jesus Christ. Come on. And so there's a deep need and there's a felt need. And many times it's easy to attach ourselves to to the felt to the felt need and not the deep need but God wants to he wants to be invited into the deep places he wants to be invited into the things that that messed us up he wants to be invited to the ugly come on I don't even know how to how to, how to say it except except are we willing to embrace and open ourselves up to say God come in and deal with some of these things and it's uncomfortable and it stretches you but you go back and read the scripture P- Paul, uh, Peter went through it Peter went through it. He went through a complete process. Come on, Paul went through it. Mary went through it. I was thinking about this this morning. that god If you read most scriptures in the Bible, very rarely did God use the lazy. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking, to, come on, to the OU fans that are parked down the other side of the building. The people that I read in the Bible, they were messed up. Don't get me wrong. They were messed up, but they weren't lazy. In other words, they were good at sin. Come on. God, God doesn't use the lazy, come on, the, and what the lazy means is those that, like a dog returns back to their, what, vomit, that's what the Bible says, God uses those, he'll take a messed up person who's not lazy, come on, fill them with the spirit, turn it around, and, 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 and he'll still reach the lazy, don't get me wrong, I'm not calling you lazy, I'm saying no, uh, God likes hard people, he likes those that want to do the work of the ministry, the scripture says, that's why he gives you pastors, prophets, evangelists, preachers, teachers, to equip the saints to do what? The work of the ministry. And so there, there's a working in this thing. There's a working of our faith. And so if we live in the felt need, we'll just say, hey, I don't feel like working today. I don't feel like doing this. I, I'm, I, and I just, I'm going to operate in feelings. But when you, walk, when you walk by faith and not by sight, come on, you're willing to get in there and say, hey, I'm going to dig deep here. And I'm willing to put in some work, come on, to, to get this thing done. Look at your neighbor and say, he's preaching pretty good today. Come on. And so in the process, are we, are we living in the felt need or do we want to get to the deep need? And then we'll step back and say, God, you know, all things are possible in you. And we'll throw out all the positive verses. But, but are we combining what, what God's doing within us, come on, to those deep places where our, our deepest needs and our faith come hand in hand? And then we're not ashamed to talk about it and you say, hey, I was messed up. That's why Pastor Walt, every time he speaks, says, I was in my bedroom, come on. Addicted to drugs when Jesus found me and it allows you to teach those ugly things and help because there's somebody around you There's somebody you're working with. There's somebody in the community. There's somebody out there that needs to hear your story And so Jesus wants to meet that need come on So you can take that story and those things that he did for your life that transformation that he's doing in your life just like Raymond Mason's life did yesterday and it goes out to the world and somebody gets changed. And even those that are sitting here saying, God's not going to use me. I'm telling you right now, God wants to use your story. God wants to use your story. That's why Jesus gave his life. Come on. And so, so we, 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 we grab that thing and say, I'm not just going to live in the feelings. Well, I feel offended. Well, get over it. We all do. Come on. It's not if, it's when. And the scripture says, it didn't say we wouldn't be offended. What's it say? Not to take The offense, come on, because offense is just living in the felt need, come on. Forgiving the offense is living in the, is living letting Jesus heal the deep need. I I think it was Raymond's son yesterday, he was up here telling the story and he says, my dad said to to not forgive people is petty living. I thought, man, that's powerful. And that's not him saying it, come on, that's him saying it through his son. That's his son continuing the legacy. Are you with me here today? And so, so we get over, we get out of the felt need, we get into the deep need, we let Jesus into those, those, those places, and we, and we make sure that, hey, we're not going to get caught up into the pettiness, we're not, we don't have time to be in unforgiveness. And I'm not saying, listen to me, Jesus didn't come and say, hey, you'll never be hurt again. Jesus said, forgive your debtors as I forgive you. And so there's action involved in that, and so maybe there's things that has happened to us, Listen. We've all been there, but don't let offense get a hold of your life. Offense always turns into bitterness. And then you'll form patterns around that or patterns around a certain time of year. I wanna help you this morning. Let's let, the, let's let Christ who lives in us, come on, bring the freedom that he promised to our lives. And there's freedom in Jesus. He wants to set us free from those iniquities. He wants to set us free from the burden. He wants to set us free from the shame. And he wants to open us up but as, as we're inviting him into those deep places. Am I helping anybody this morning? And so then it says, here it says that in, in Isaiah, it says that he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And so that word Wonderful Counselor there, it's not just like, you know, it's not just like going to a counselor. If you study that out, it means with the wisdom of God in your life. He'll, be, he'll give you wisdom On how to make decisions wisdom on how to raise your kids wisdom on how to organize things or wisdom when I should step out yeah and even I believe in that wisdom is is major in decision-making that's why the scripture says those that hear the sayings of Jesus and do the sayings of Jesus are like a what a wise man come on Matthew 7 go read it those that hear the sayings of Jesus and do the sayings of Jesus Will become like a wise man, which is wisdom. What is wisdom? It's the wonderful counselor of uh, the wonderful counsel of God, working in our life. God has insight and can help you see into things, or help you help you spot a problem, or help you in in, in, in things that you're walking through on a daily basis. Come on, that the world can never give you. I, I know you can Google things all day long. Come on, but we have a greater counselor than Google. Come on, we got a greater counselor than some tweet or something some on Facebook, we have the wonderful counselor. Come on, sent by God, sent the Holy Spirit working in our life that helps us step into different places and different levels of wisdom. And so I believe in counseling. I believe in, 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 in the science and all that stuff, and, 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 and it has its place. But we're, when we surrender to Jesus, we're opening our hearts up to say, hey, I'm going to allow this wonderful counselor into my life. And listen, you don't have to be 50 years old to figure it out. There's young people sitting in here today. There's youth sitting on the, uh, in the back. I'm telling you right now, open your heart and say, "Wonderful Counselor, come on, lead me, guide me, give me the insight, give me the give me the spiritual uh, 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 sight into this process, and let me walk walk it by faith." Come on, you don't have to wait till life falls apart to get there. I'm telling you, young people, you can get a hold of that right here in this room today. And He's our wonderful Counselor. And even when it uh, even when it looks like God's doing nothing, come on, I'm telling you right now, he's up to something. And he'll rearrange, he'll shift things because with God, listen to me, with the wonderful counselor, with the God who meets our deepest need, all things are possible. With the wonderful counselor, the God who meets our deepest needs, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. With God, the wonderful counselor. Come on, we learn to walk by faith and not by sight. We become an authority instead of just living in a theory of what somebody else read or what somebody else did. We begin to walk it out and experience it for ourselves. That's what living for God's all about. And everyone in this room, you have that thing in you. Come on, God's speaking to you this morning to say, invite him in, invite the counselor in, invite his wisdom in. And then it says that he's the mighty God. He's the mighty God. And we're almost through, which means that he's the champion. We sing it all the time. He's never been defeated. He's never been defeated. He's the mighty God. He's the champion. He's the everlasting Father, which simply means this. And I know many of you have had different experiences with fathers in your life, and some have been good and some haven't been so good. But I'm here to tell you today that Jesus is your heavenly Father. And he's a Father that will never turn his back on you. The Scripture says that he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He'll never turn his back on us. He has wisdom. He's undefeated. He's our mighty God. And there's a difference between saying, I believe God is mighty and, and, and stepping into a place when you're in the fight of faith saying, my God, my heavenly father, the wisdom, my father's given me wisdom, my father, come on, you claim that. And maybe, again, maybe you haven't had that experience with an earthly father that represented that well, but Jesus represented it well. And Jesus still represents that well. So quit saying, I don't have a father. You do have a father. You have an everlasting father who never gives up. You have an everlasting father who will never turn his back on you. You have an everlasting father who will give you the wisdom to make every decision you need to make in life. Come on. And it will lead to the point, come on, with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. And then it says that he's the prince of peace. We're going to close right here. He's the prince of peace. He's the prince of peace. That means shalom. Nothing, and then it, you can study it in, nothing missing, nothing broken. Listen, when you surrender your life to Jesus, not only does he give you that joy that we talked about in the beginning, but he brings peace into your life. And listen to me, it, 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 I want you to get a hold of this. I want the young people to get a hold of this this morning. Peace is not the absence of problems. It's the presence of Jesus working in your life. Peace is not the absence of problems. So don't 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 get mad at me tomorrow when you say, "Man, Pastor David said there was going to be peace and I didn't and there wasn't going to be any problems because I didn't say that." Come on, you, you can blame my son-in-law for that one. Come on. I didn't. And so I'm not saying peace is the absence. peace is not the absence of problems. It's the presence of Jesus that helps you get victory into every single problem you face moving forward in life. Keep your faith in Jesus, Amen. Keep your faith in Jesus. And so we're getting out of that place. We're going to stand to our feet this morning. Father, we thank you that we're getting out of the feelings, Lord. We're getting out of the felt need. And we're going to open our hearts, Lord Jesus. We thank you. Holy Spirit, I ask you right now to begin to work. And I believe that you have on each and every one of us. And I believe that you're encouraging us in a different place. And Father, I ask you to give us the boldness to take this step today. But maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I've I've, I've received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. But I've been living by the felt. I've been looking for the felt need. I want Jesus to reach in and heal the deep needs. I want to receive Him into the deep places of my life, the things that no one else can fix. And maybe you're ready to surrender today. If you're not, maybe, you know, this isn't an end-dog. God might speak to you in your living room tomorrow morning. I don't know. Or in your bedroom or a different place. But if you're here today and you say, I'm ready to lay, I'm ready to quit seeking the felt, the feelings, the felt need. And I want to invite Jesus this morning into my deepest need. And I'm willing to surrender control. I want you to raise your hand this morning, if that's you. Come on, raise them high, raise them high. see those hands. I'm going to ask you to meet me right here real quick. Come on, give them a hand as they come. Meet me right here. We're going to pray this morning. Come on, we're going to end this weekend right. Come on, give them a big hand. If you raise your hand, come. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father, right now, Lord. You're connecting people. Come on, right now is the time to surrender. If if it's stirring in you, come on. There's no shame in this place. This is what freedom brings. This is what freedom brings. So just lift your hands to heaven right there, and I'm going to ask you out there to do the same. Say this with me, Jesus. I've held on long enough. I've kept it in long enough. I ask you to meet my deepest needs. I invite you into every problem. Say it like you mean it. I invite you into every problem. I invite you into every circumstance. All my hurts, all my pains, all my deepest things that I cannot fix myself. I surrender to you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I ask you to fill me. I ask you to fill me today with your power. And I believe, just like Isaiah said, he was wounded for my transgressions. Come on, say it like you mean it. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, and his peace is now upon my life. I invite you in, Jesus, to heal my heart, to heal my life, and to move me into a different level. And I surrender control today in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a shout this morning. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. That's a huge step. Huge step. And it's a beginning. Come on, it's a new beginning. And just, you know, there's some that are sitting out there, maybe you didn't come. Listen, God wants to do something in your life. I'm telling you. I felt, yeah, I woke up at midnight last night, wide awake, like man, for no reason, because I was tired. And, and woke up wide awake and just, you know, took a few minutes and just prayed until that thing eased. But I believe there's people in here God wants to set free this morning. And uh and thank you guys for coming. But if that's you and you didn't come, listen to me. Don't, 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 don't think in shame in that. Don't let any rejection in. Maybe maybe you didn't step out. Listen, I encourage you, find somebody. Find one of our staff. Find one of our elders. And if you're a leader, elder, just raise your hand this morning. Let, hi, find one of these people. Come on and and, and and tell them, hey, I'm ready to surrender. I'm ready to surrender. And those that came forth, listen, hold on to your faith. The, the Scripture teaches us that, that that there's four types of believers, there's four types of situations. When the seed of, seed of the Word of God is sown, you know, there's good ground, and then there's thorny ground, and then there's there's stony ground. And so the thief always tries to steal the word. Determine right here today you're not going to let him steal the word. You're not going to let him steal the word. When you walk out of there today, hold on to the faith that was put in you today. Let's walk this thing out. Listen, Jesus chose to give you life. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you.